Yes, what is going on everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Rugby Muscle podcast. I'm your host as always, TJ, and today we are revisiting the Rugby Muscle Applied series and revisiting the Hypertrophy series where we went through Hypertrophy 101, 102, and now we are on 103, how to eat for muscle growth. And this might not be what you expect, um, not just because we've got a fancy new setup on the YouTubes, if you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, as always, really, really, really does help, and it takes one second for you to do. And ask any comments, uh, ask any questions that you have in the comments below. Also, really helps out the algorithm and helps you get a better understanding because you get a response from me, of course. But if you are listening just on the podcast, should be fine. Um, I don't think you know it, you have more of a slideshow presentation on the YouTube's, but I think the information that we give should be uh, easily just listened to and consumed on Apple Podcasts. So five star reviews there also are appreciated. But for this one, let's get into it. How to eat for muscle growth and we've discussed about the basics in hypertrophy 101 i'm not going to go over them all again or i'm not going to go into them in depth all again but i will go over them really quickly but it's calories which can vary massively protein which is you know two to three grams per kilogram of lean body weight delivered through four meals ish spread out a day um but more importantly and this is what we're going to hammer home in today's episode is about your personality about if you're a naturally big person bulking nutrition might not be what you think it is and if you're a naturally skinny person you might just have to suck it up a little bit and how we can go about that is going to be also discussed in this video so um before i do that though i do also want to say that really we've spoken about um on hypertrophy 102 all about the training and you know people ask you know what is the most important is it training or nutrition for muscle growth you don't grow muscle really without giving your body a reason to grow. And obviously the nutrition is the fuel for that growth, but the reason for it to grow is the stress that you put it under by doing good, consistent weight training. So I would say the training is most important. So wrap your head around that and then, you know, you need the fuel. So they are both almost equally as important, but in different ways, right? The the nutrition is the fuel that you need to build that building, but you have no reason your body giving up your body no reason to build any building if you don't work your ass off in the gym and if you don't train properly so revisit rugby um, muscle applied uh, hypertrophy 102 if you want more information on depth on training we have another video 104 to round out the series after this but today we're going to talk about muscle gain nutrition and so the biggest thing i want you to guys to take away from this is that uh, bulking is a terrible word because of the connotations that uh, always come with it. And every time I've had a guy that's come through Rugby Muscle Elite that I've coached, or even myself, when you switch from a muscle gaining phase or from a fat burning phase into a muscle gaining phase, it's almost always going to be a recipe for disaster because you've been depriving yourself of food and not, you know, you're looking forward to the extra food, not necessarily because you're looking so much towards um, gaining muscle. Obviously, that's cool part of it you know you, you've spent your time get, you know revealing your muscles and how you want to make them grow great but really you've been in a deprived state for a, quite a while and now you're focusing on right can i can i eat more you know how much more can i eat and you've been now right you know now not only can you are you allowed to eat that extra food but you're also almost incentivized to eat that extra food because you're on a quote-unquote bulking diet and you can justify eating just absolute amounts of bullshit 
in order to say, oh, yeah, but it's okay, I'm bulking. And really, that's an emotional uh, eating thing that you're doing there as opposed to, you know, you're not doing it for the function of gaining muscle. You're eating um, excessive amounts, and this is what happens a lot is because people go from, you know, uh, or the classic bodybuilder goes from the cut diet to the bulking diet to the cut diet to the bulking diet. The bulking diet is almost just an excuse and a, a consequence of that cutting diet where you're now just going to throw in all these foods and it's a big, big, big mistake. The reality is the nutrition of gaining muscle is, yes, you have to eat in excess, but it's a lot simpler and it's a lot less hype and a lot less dramatic and uh, definitely glamorous then at least Dwayne The Rock Johnson is making it look here. And that is such an important point that you guys need to take home. And so, especially for personality type number one, there's two types of personalities when it comes to bulking and when it comes to dieting in general. You've got the naturally bigger person, and everyone is going to fall into this camp you know, in, to, to some degree or to one of these two camps. And so you've got the naturally bigger person that um, – you know, either they finish dieting or they just decide that they want to gain muscle. They go into a surplus. They see the bulking foods that they've been told that they've got to eat, and they take in, you know, excessive amounts of those foods. So they're already gaining a pound or so a week or a kilogram or so a week, which is a bit too fast. And then on top of that, because they are, you know, yeah, th- th- they are someone that enjoys eating. They'll also have these cheat meals on top of it, or these, you know, excessive meals where they go out to eat somewhere. And that just, you know, it's it's killing your progress. It's it's making it so much um, harder for you to stay on track with your bulking diet because what ends up happening is that you gain fat so fast that you will spend most of your time or this person will spend most of their time in a um, caloric deficit or just worrying about or just being – or just maintaining, you know, or not in a specific uh, muscle gaining phase. You, you'll spend so much of your time worrying about – Oh, I don't want to gain extra fat because I'm already a little bit chunky. I don't want to, you know, um, uh, necessarily, I don't think I should be eating this much. I'm already quite big. I'm already quite heavy. I don't move quite well. And then you're just going to try and add fuel on top of that. It's a recipe for disaster. And it's also a recipe for like no progress because you then don't give your body all the support it needs in order to gain muscle. And that was discussed in um, uh, Hypertrophy 101 where we're talking about that you need to put give yourself – um, and treat hypertrophy properly with its own specific phase. You need to give yourself the time and, and the dedication by, and ideally by having a caloric surplus really does help by, you know, giving yourself enough fuel, if not more fuel than you actually need, will help you build that muscle. And if you don't do that, yes, you can technically build muscle, but it's a lot more difficult. So you want to spend most of your time in a gaining phase. You want to spend most of your time building muscle because it's such a long-term process that if you spend, you know, two weeks or, or even 12 weeks gaining, if you get, look at this example here that I've laid out, you know, this is percentage of body weight per week, but it could be anything, right? Um, they've gained maybe 5% of muscle, but they've gained 25% of total body weight because they've gone too excessive in 12 weeks, which means, yeah, you've, you know, that, that makes a um, 100 kilo athlete then be 125 kilograms. They're going to, and most of that being fat, <clears throat> chances are they're going to spend a lot more longer trying to lose that fat than they would be trying to, you know, than they would have done trying to gain that muscle. And so the idea is that this person needs to rein it in. They need to gain a muscle a lot slower weight, a rate, so that you could spend majority of your time in a surplus. 
ideally you want to spend you know up to as much as your time as, as possible eating in a surplus eating giving yourself enough fuel the more time that you'll spend in a caloric deficit okay losing fat the more time you're sort of hamstringing yourself yourself with recovery with your you know being able to fuel yourself for your training and you know you're, you're sort of holding yourself back from making all of the positive physical changes that you can because you are by definition under fueling yourself so that's why i've said it in the fat loss 101 and 102 um series that with fat loss you want to get it done you want to get it over and done with and then spend as little time in a fat loss phase as possible and you want to spend the most of vast majority of your training career in a surplus trying to gain muscle and that means that you have to be adequately lean enough in the first place or that means that you have to gain a slow enough rate that you don't have to consistently, you know, every six weeks cut out more fat because you've, you've, you've gained too fast and you've gained too much. And so, as you can see here, that's that's the biggest occurrence I see with people that are naturally bigger. You know, they, they've done all this hard work losing this fat, and then all they do is undo that hard work by telling themselves that they're bulking, and then they have to undo it. And it's a big, big mistake that I see all the time. Personality number two is that person that never really truly gains too much muscle. And this is because they are laterally leaner. They're someone that doesn't eat as much food. You know, they, they, they're quote unquote hard gainers. Um, and so in order for them to gain muscle, you know, personality number one, the, the person that's naturally large, they just have to eat at what, you know, they have to eat a normal diet and they'll probably start gaining weight. And so you just got to make sure that's muscle. Whereas the person that personality number two here actually finds themselves, um, having to sort of eat more than they're naturally inclined. They have to sort of go bypass their hunger signals and eat even when they don't really want to eat. And more often than not, that person will just end up getting tired of eating that much or they'll get bored of eating that much or they forget to eat because it is an effort that they need to make and they end up not maintaining that surplus. And so here, instead of what I've done for the example here is I've given a rate of possible weight gain or rate, rate of possible muscle gain. Again, percentage-wise, we, we can just call it. And again, these graphs, they're just arbitrary figures, but they're used to give you an idea to help you wrap your head around it. Um, and so what you see here is that they get they gain, you know, in the first couple of weeks, and then over time they just stop gaining weight, and then they just end up hovering at the same weight, and they probably don't end up gaining any muscle at all. And then the second example is of the week here, where you can see that, just because, you know, they think they're eating 3,000 calories a day, and that's, maybe that's what they need to uh, be in a nice surplus to gain quality amount of weight and muscle each week or each month. But the problem is, is that, you know, all they have to do is have three days where they slightly slack, right? You know, and they have on Thursday, Friday, maybe they have like 2,500 calories, and on Sunday they have 2,000 calories. Those days bring the average weekly uh, intake down significantly. It's the same, as I've said, opposite for how people's cheat days can can often ruin their own diet these days or these um yeah yeah these lower calorie days do the opposite they they ruin the diet in in <clears throat> in terms of being able to gain muscle or gain weight 
Hi guys, I just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete, then you can go ahead and visit rugby-muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies. That is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, the physique nutrition crash course video series, the supplement guide, and newly added is a macro calculator. Yes, that's right, a macro calculator where you will be able to work out your protein, carbs, fat, and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from. This will help in conjunction with your 53 conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete. All that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown. And again, hamstrings yourself stops you from, and again, you want to spend most of your training career in a calorie surplus. You want to train, spend most of your training career fueling yourself, giving yourself that time to build muscle because it's such a long-term process that, you know, you want to take as many weeks, as many months as you can to really build that muscle. And so really, you know, once you've got your head around that, then these these things sort of fill in themselves, and we've we've spoken about them already. But I will revisit like the the macronutrients themselves. Protein, it's really 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 simple, right? People argue, you know, what's more important, carbs or protein or whatever. Like, you you don't have to have one or the other. They're all important. You should all you should consider um, eating all of the macronutrients. But how you go about eating them is is where we want to sort of discuss here, right? So protein is what gets you to the dance. There is no more is not better, right? You, you, you know, you're not going to – it's been seen now in the science that, to be honest, like I don't – I'm not buying into anyone that uh, gains fat because they're eating too much protein. There might be people that stop losing weight because they've eaten too much protein but because they're in a deficit, but I don't think people gain excess fat from having too much protein. I just don't see it in reality, particularly with these numbers. And they are quite high from what people are used to. Two to three grams per kilogram of lean body weight. Really important that you understand that's lean body weight. So for my example here, I've got a 100 kilo athlete, just to make the maths easy. Um, they're at 20% body fat, which means 80 kilograms of lean body weight. So eight times 2.5, middle, middle of the road there, puts us at around 200 grams of uh, protein per day. That's probably a normal figure for what you would see, right? Um, you would probably go on the higher end if you're someone that you know doesn't consistently get good quality sources, um, especially if you're like a vegetarian or something. There is a good chance that you might want to get on, be on the higher end of that. You definitely want to be on the higher end if you're in a surplus, and more towards the higher end if you are really making sure that you want to tick all of your muscle gaining boxes as you can. Now, where you can go on the lower end is. Number one, if you're in a diet, I think you can go on the lower end a little bit. Um, if you're not over, you know, you're not under too much training stress. Um, if your calories are quite low anyway, like you still want enough carbs coming in, so you tend to you can stay on two grams of lean body weight. I'll be okay with that. But really, the the reason that we've got a range of two to three is because the three grams of kilogram per body weight isn't necessarily a figure that you want to aim for. But it's a, a sort of an upper bound, right? You, you, you know, you're, you're almost definitely not going to get any more benefits once you go higher than that. But you might get, there might be some benefits at three that you don't get at 2.2. And if you're the sort of person that doesn't want to leave any stone unturned, I don't think you're risking anything by going into three grams per kilogram. You're not wasting anything. I mean, you might waste anything, but 
might might waste a little bit of um, you know might be eating a little bit too much, but you don't really lose out anywhere by going that high. Um, and then all you nearly need to do is four meals spread throughout the day. This just gives you the most opportunity to build that muscle. You get your, you give your muscle a consistent feeding of protein, which which you know gives your body the signal to grow to um, to build that muscle. And you know, the more often you do it, it's almost like you're giving your workers more shifts, right? You're consistently supplying them with enough. They don't have to worry about storing any for later or doing anything like that. You're giving yourself enough chances to grow. Whereas, you know, intermittent fasting does work, but if you want to give yourself as many opportunities as you can to grow, then you want to do four um, meals spread or four protein servings spread evenly throughout the day. And Yes, if intermittent fasting is something for your lifestyle is more suitable for you, then it's very easy workaround just to have a protein shake at the first thing in the, in the beginning of the day, and that sort of still hits the lifestyle and um, you know not having to think about it and the convenience benefit of it intermittent fasting. But then you get your protein sources still spread out. Um, I would vary your sources as well. Make sure you're not just eating just chicken or just one, you know, just whey protein, but as long as you get a decent variety, it's, it's not, nothing you have to overthink. There's no special protein um, blend or special protein type that you need to have. Um, you do need a full spectrum of amino acids, but the, the you know nature's sort of taking care of that for us. Um, I would just say watch out for the fats because every time I typed in protein for this uh, presentation, every time like nuts come up and cheeses come up and even cheeses are in this example here. And yeah, they can be a decent source, but if you have too much, like you can really, uh, your fats can really ramp up like unintentionally. Uh, protein powder is a good idea. I consistently get asked what's the best protein powder. There isn't one. There are really bad ones. You just got to make sure that it's a trusted lab. Then you're going to be fine. Okay. There is no special blend. There is no, you know, uh, absorption rate that is special because you're getting just four protein servings throughout the day. That's all you need to worry about in terms of gaining muscle for nutrition or for protein for gaining muscle for nutrition. And then I'll finish off by talking about fuel, which is carbs and fats. These are in the same category as far as I'm concerned because the body runs, uh, these are just fuel sources, right? And the body prefers to run on carbs, right? Um, you can put fats in there, but what the body's going to do is convert those fats to carbohydrates to then use as fuel. So why you'd want to go around the houses to have the same thing when you can just eat carbs doesn't really make sense to me. So I wouldn't aim for a high fat bowl. And I don't, I, I just don't think it's um, necessary. If you have digestion issues or something, that might be something to consider. But that's, that's beyond the scope of the vast majority of muscle building protocols or beyond the scope of most, you know, this podcast for sure. And, you know, it's, you're going to have other issues in terms of gaining muscle if you really do have digestive issues. But I think, and another thing is digestive issues can be temporary as well. So you've got to work around them. Um, that's a tangent that I didn't need to go on. So going back to it, you've just got to understand that um, really you want to keep your fats relatively low. You, you know, you don't want to use it. They're not going to be your primary fuel sources. We already said the body runs on carbs. So carbs are the primary fuel source. Um, so you want to feed, feed yourself with enough, you know, as many carbs as you can. So how you, how do you work that out? You, so you've got your, um, your protein amount, right? Or you've got your total calorie amount, which you've worked out, um, by, by using your record, by adding your weight 
each year or by um, calculating your rate of weight gain per week and you slowly come about this process to figure out how many cal- uh, how many calories that you need you then figured out right okay they're meeting the right amount of protein so you subtract your protein from your calories you then subtract your fats from your calories and whatever is left that's how many carbs you have now how many fats you have is probably going to be uh, you know minimum of around one gram per kilo of body of lean body weight so a uh, uh, 100 kilo 20% body weight athlete could probably have around 80 to 100 grams that's his minimum amounts of fats he can absolutely have more if he needs for convenience for sure because you know once you're someone that's eating you know excessive amounts of you know over 3200 calories or something and you're trying to keep your fats below 80 or something it just gets really inconvenient so you can add in more as it gets more and more convenient and what you've got to understand is you know because your body converts the fats to carbs for fuel it doesn't really matter which you use right um carbohydrate is going to be the preferred source um and if you want to stay leaner but there's potential for that to be better but that's not really backed up and it's again for the convenience factor for how long you need to stay in a calorie surplus to build muscle it's probably not the best idea so for the most part in a long-term muscle gaining phase i think it's more important just to pay attention to protein and calories and therefore you know however your fats and carbohydrates divvy up into filling those calorie needs is however they 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 end up working themselves out um you know i think there is merit and some people say keeping their fats lower and the more higher your your um calories go the more people want to try and keep those fats lower but the more difficult it is so it's a it's a wrestle that you have to sort of figure out in terms of like how convenient you, you want to keep your diet versus how long term do you want to stay on it you know particularly when we discuss again how fat uh fat muscle gaining is something uh, and hypertrophy is something that happens over you know, months and months and years and years so you know this isn't a, it's something that you want to stick to in the long term so tracking your carbohydrates and fats personally for me i just think it it, it can work but if you want to make that slow rate of weight gain just hit your protein and hit your calories and that is really all it is to all that is to be said for muscle gain in nutrition it, more important is to not um you know, to say consistent in that small surplus in order to be able to be in a muscle building phase for as long as possible with that we finish muscle gaining or hypertrophy 103 join me next week for hypertrophy 104 where we will round this series out and really hammer home the most important points of hypertrophy gaining muscle for a rugby athlete or for anyone in general if you've enjoyed this once again please if you haven't already given it a thumbs up like what are you doing go give the video a thumbs up comment on the youtube video really does help out the channel i'll see you guys in the next one all right thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed that episode of the rugby muscle podcast then i've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request all i want you to do is go to apple podcast and type up a five star review just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback but also helps us reach higher rankings get more exposure allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you 
All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know that you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class strength condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.